Welcome to Private Banking Strategies Podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks, your secret weapon to protect your assets and never have to start over financially again. Vance and Seth help high net worth individuals, families, business owners, and investors structure an asset-protected, tax-free fortress for their families. Learn how to keep what you earn and use the velocity of money to create your own private banking system. Join us on this journey as we explore the secret strategies of the rich and political elite and help you take total control of your financial security. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Private Banking Strategies with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. Vance, how are you? I'm doing great today. I'm excited to be back with you. I know that Seth, you both are doing well. We were talking a little bit before the recording. How have you been? Doing good, Eric. Glad to be here and share an amazing podcast that we've got lined out for folks. So super excited. Yeah. So explain to me what we're talking about today. We're going to be talking about some of the human factors that everybody faces almost every single day, things we have to conquer every day. And the success stories that if we can conquer those, we'll literally win by default, so to speak, because no one else can do it consistently. Okay. The human factor. I like that. A lot of times that's taken in a negative. And I think that that's where we're going with this is the human factor causes us to stumble. It causes us to stumble, but we're going to explain and share how easy it is to overcome these everyday tendencies. It's not complicated at all. All right. Well, let's dig in. Where do we start? All right. <clears throat> the first human factor and uh, we wanted to share with our folks that we're not going to get in and read the book, but you might want to do this and get R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. He really outlines five laws about human factor that we have to overcome. Our approach today is our experience with people in the human factor. So we want to share with you how these things really comply and work in our lives. And the very first one, we're going to call Parkinson's Law. Go Parkinson lived in 1909 until 1993, and he was a British analyst. And he wrote a book, and he called it Parkinson's Law. And we can get a lot of information from that. So there's a book that people can read to find out a lot more about this stuff, but it states that, or he was able to observe certain things that happen. And one of those, he actually states that his quote is, work expands to meet time envelope allowed. So let's make sure we've got the definition. Seth, what does that mean to you? Well, it means if someone says, hey, I need you to get that done tomorrow, that creates a fire and an urgency that you've got to get cranking on it. But if they say, hey, I need you to get that done by next week, you've got a little more space. And if they even gave you more time, like, hey, I need you to do that before summertime, and you've got a three-month, a four-month, six-month window, you may not even think about it getting started right now. So a lot of people will effectively do things according to how much space they've got to do it. It's per, I guess you could sum it up with the word procrastination. 
Yeah. I was going to say that's me in a nutshell. A lot of times if I'm given too much leeway, or if I give myself too much leeway or slack, I'll fill that time with other things. I can procrastinate with the best of them. Trust me. Okay. I think part of folks, part of our podcast and the success today is really going to be a lot on some of Eric's comments because he lives these laws and fights these laws every day, but he uses a different angle and he just told you the truth. And we all face exactly that same thing. We'll procrastinate if we need to. We're, we're not supposed to. We know that being prepared, trying to get things ahead of time is the right way to do it, right? Definitely. <laughs> you guys, here's a perfect example of procrastination. We have a, a great client and we've actually done a podcast that features them and their success. But there was a time when I was counseling this individual because we've been friends for 30 years about the need for asset protection. And he procrastinated and dusted it off and said, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And he never got to it and effectively was wiped out in the mortgage crisis. And he could have taken some very, very simple steps that would have prevented the wipeout. And if you think, if you're sitting there listening, I really don't need asset protection, I urge you to listen to the Chandler testimonial podcast that we have. It's an amazing story. And it will, if it doesn't persuade you that you do need asset protection, then nothing will. So if we were to give a person a job to do and tell them to do it in three days, you can bet your last dollar that it'll be late that third day by the time that project gets done. Is that why but, we see state construction workers just standing there a lot of times? <laughs> don't want to make anybody angry, but yeah. Remember in school, oh, yeah. you know, you're doing exams, you're cramming right there at the last minute, that same project you give to a second person and you give him 30 days, guess when he'll complete it or she'll complete it. The days, night right? Of the 30th day, because they have all that time to do it. Yeah. So part of Parkinson's law is dealing with that factor, okay, and being able to recognize your responsibilities and not wait to the last hour, because the failure comes in when some unexpected event happens. How many times were we not able to get it done? Because we waited, waited to the last moment. We tell our kids this. We teach them. Okay. So it's important that we understand that. I want to move on to the very next one, which is a luxury once enjoyed becomes a necessity. Now, neither one of you are as ancient, as old as I am. And I remember that cars did not have air conditioning when I was a kid. It was very much a luxury. Would you think of buying a car today that doesn't have air conditioning? I grew up in Washington state and the houses didn't have air conditioning and the cars certainly didn't have air conditioning because it was so tempered. But now that I've been spoiled and if you go back to Washington <laughs> today, you can't rent a car without one because you used to rent cars and they didn't have them. Nobody really had them because it was pretty mild temperatures, but shoot one day at 85 degrees outside and everybody's like, oh, I got to have it. So no, totally agree. You don't have to be that old to, to remember no air conditioning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I proved corrected on that, but I think it's important for us to understand there's so many things that we think 
are a necessity today and they're not. And the reason I bring that up, because I deal with clients all the time when I ask the question, we're talking about debt. And then I ask, let's talk about assets. They say, I don't have any, but I want to start the strategy. Then we go through the process of finding the money. And it's just absolutely amazing how much we, what we spend our money on that does not contribute to the quality of life or the sustaining of life. How about every one of us have cell phones? I have three, all with different phone numbers. I don't know how many you guys have, but can I do without those? <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. My wife gets mad at me because I won't answer my cell phone. <laughs> I have the attitude, look, I'm the rule. I'm the boss here, not my phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yet we watch people who in the middle of the most important decision they're ever going to make on their life, pause to answer their phone or text, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Vance, so, I, I think Seth is younger than us. Yeah, I do. Too. I, right? I think Seth, he's quiet <laughs> over there. I remember when we, my family bought our first microwave and now I can't imagine today for lunch, I reheated a burger. It took me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't live without one of those. Seth, share with us your experience on that, would you? Sure. I, I don't use microwaves, Eric, believe it or not. There's oh, not wow. one in our house, but it's be because of the nuclear fusion that goes on that's not so good for your health that I steered away from them. But yeah, cell phones, I'm, I know what they are. <laughs> I've got one. And computers, yeah, I've used those too. And totally agree. Yeah, once you've got something that becomes a better mousetrap mm -hmm. for you, it's no longer something that you can do without. It's a necessity. Can you imagine doing business without emails? Oh, I mean, yeah. there was a time that we did business without emails and you're sending letters back and forth. And so absolutely something that was once a luxury that now has become implemented in your normal systems in life, it becomes a necessity. Oh, I remember when the fax machine was created. Holy cow, did that save time? It revolutionized business. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the next one here. One of the other things that we face or that I faced working with clients is his next quote, expense rises to equal income. So if we get a big pay raise, then it affords us to be able to go out and buy more things and do more stuff, buy more fancy cars, buy a bigger house. And it doesn't have to be this way. Everything we've talked about up to this point doesn't have to be the status quo. And that's why we're bringing this up. There's a better way to do this rather than to doing the same thing everyone else is doing. If we just take a, a big look or a high-level look at the way we're approaching things, life, our goals, and everything else, we can soon spot where we could be much better off and be more wise. So we need to be able to beat Parkinson's law every day, because if we don't, my mentor years ago told me that if you can't beat Parkinson's law, he actually introduced it another way. All What all this means when it comes to expense is that we have to live on less 
than we bring home. There always has to be a surplus. And if that surplus then is put to work in our strategy or any type of banking strategy, people will be better off every single day than they were the day before. And that builds momentum and it gets huge. And just like our successful clients, uh, they can't believe that it happens so fast. I didn't really change anything, but yet all the workings were put together correctly. So we have to beat it. Anyway, he was saying that if you can't live on less than you bring home and beat Parkinson's law, you might as well go in the backyard, dig a big hole and jump in and then call over to your neighbor and have him come over and bury you because you will be a slave to the system for the rest of your life. Do you see yourself in that story? Do you feel like you are generating a lot of revenue but are not moving forward as fast as you would like? Are you ready for help? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. And that's something that people should understand is Vance is a consummate servant. And there's not anybody that he really says, hey, go dig a hole in your backyard unless they tell him, yeah, I spend more than I make and I don't have any plan on changing that. I don't really you know, know how I could do that. And that's when he'll say, we can't help you. So the only folks that Vance will effectively turn out are the folks that don't have the ability to spend less than they make. And I think that's really within everybody's reach. It's more mindset. Mm-hmm. Eric, and peeling back things that people think are necessities, or you've heard people say, probably financial advisors, hey, stop drinking a coffee at Starbucks every day. Do you know how much money that's actually costing you over the year? And they add it up and Mm -hmm. it's into the thousands, literally. Or do you need the junk food? Do you need chips and Coke? Do you need those things? No. Do you need a cell phone? Yeah, probably. Do you need a computer? Yeah, probably. Um, but you don't need a lot of things that that you're spending money on. We've had some, Vance and I will kind of laugh in private uh, at some of the things we see folks spending money on that they think they, they have to spend money on. And it's all mindset. It really is mindset. And if you're able to make some pruning in your spending habits, then there's money that you can actually cycle back and get it working for you and yeah, not you, against you. We can justify anything. And we're not going to get into the minivan that I leased because that was a huge mistake and blew our budget out of the water. But my wife and I justified that purchase. And I don't like being the example for all these laws that I've broken, but I have one on this. The expenses rise to equal income. I want to make sure that the audience knows I didn't know these rules before we started this conversation. And I have a perfect example. When my wife and I were younger, we were probably bringing in about $35,000 into the household budget on a yearly basis. And we got a new job and we were living normal, a normal life, renting a, while we were renting a house, we had car with a small car payment, groceries, the normal bills that everybody else has. But my wife and I got a job that the starting salary, we worked together, the starting salary was 48,000. So that was a huge pay increase for us. Plus we moved to the location of that job site. They gave us a house. So we not 
outright. They, we had living quarters, let's put it that way. So all of our living expenses were taken care of. All of our groceries were taken care of. We were given a van to drive because we were working with youth and all the gas was taken care of. The van was taken care of. Guess how much of that? I was so excited. I told my dad, I'm like, you have no idea. This is going to change our lives. We're going to, we're going to be able to save at least half of our salary every year and put it away and never touch it. Guess how much we saved? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. It was hardly anything. We were putting into a 401k, sure. So that was an improvement. But as far as our monthly budget and everything, you want to talk about expenses rising to equal that income. We got, we got a better car. We leased a minivan like we talked about before. We took more time with our kids to do you know vacation type stuff and going out to the movies more, going out to dinner more. We didn't save squat because all of a sudden we had the extra income and we weren't disciplined and we could justify anything. Yeah. I, I don't mind being the example, but man, I feel a little beat up over here, Vance. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, folks, what we're trying to share with you is we're all human. Every single one of us, we all fight this battle every day. I fight this battle. Okay. Because I can spend money if I want to, but do I need to? And Old habits for me now die hard. So it's more of, you know, somebody prod me. Yeah, you have a hole in your shirt. Don't you think you ought to replace it? <laughs> but depends so on what the hole is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's now assume that, okay, today we've conquered Parkinson's law. What that means to us is that we are improving wealth wise every single day which hits us with the next human factor. And this one really might not be our own fault. And we call it the Willie Sutton law. And you can read about that in Nelson Nash's book. He was a famous bank robber. He lived 1901 to 1980. And he was very proficient at robbing banks. And he was interviewed one time by a reporter, and he was asked the question, why do you keep robbing banks? And the famous quote was, he actually hit his head and said, duh, that's where the money is kept. Hmm. That's why I rob it, because that's where the money is. So what does all that mean in something that we have to face every day? What that means is where the wealth is, someone will try to take it. Back in ancient history, there was two ways to earn money. And that was from the creation of man, I think. You could earn it by building it up, or you could steal it. It's one of the two ways. And bring us forward to today, who is the largest stealer of wealth that we know of today? I don't know. Legalized theft, Eric. Who is Legalized it? theft? Huh, yes. Oh, Legal, that's legalized theft. <laughs> it's got to be Uncle Sam, right? Okay. The IRS, the government, whatever else. So there's a purpose here on a bell of warning for everybody. And we deserve what we get because we haven't stopped it. Laws become corrupt. When laws are put in force, they're there to help people to save what they've got. But politically, when it goes political, that law goes political, then it's introduced what well, is called the greed factor. And the politicians and 
politics go in and they turn that law and completely reverse it. And then they bring in the police force to obey those new definitions of the law. And now the law starts working against us and becomes corrupt. So we have to understand that someone is always going to be out there and going to want to steal it. Let me give you a great example. Eric, Seth, we're going to shop in the mall. We just got paid or whatever else. We go to the mall. I come into the mall and I come up behind you and I put a gun to your head and I say, give me every bit of money you've got in your wallet and that's on you right now. And there's other people watching. How are those other people going to feel when they say me trying to rob Seth? Eric, how does that make you feel? Oh, well, they're either going to be very angry or scared or both. Yeah. And what am I to you? A danger. I'm a thief, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, let's back that up a little bit. Let's go into the mall and let's talk to all the people around us and tell the people what's going to happen in about 30 minutes. And when that happens, we're going to share all that money with everybody that we get. Now, how are people going to react when that event happens? There's actually two outcomes, but you know what that's called? It's called democracy. When we take, when we pass laws and we take something from other people for our benefit. And that's what our government is all about is they don't earn anything. They don't produce anything, but they take everything and try to give it to other people who aren't working and who aren't sharing. Why are we talking about that? Why are we faced with this? Is because we have to deal with it up front. And we can deal with that if we can literally create our own world, so to speak, that can't be attacked. What if we create our own little environment that is non-taxable. Share with us, Seth, a little bit about that and how you feel uh, on the take of this Willie Sutton. Sure. I saw an interesting, I guess it was kind of like a joke, but it was supposedly based in fact, and it made a reference to the founding fathers at the, the beginning of our country, uh, creating a revolution based on a 3% tax without representation. And now you've got a 35, 45, 48, 50% tax rates and brackets with people begging for them not to take any more. And so I think that the climate has continually been ratcheted up and ratcheted up. And we're still one of the least taxed countries, if not the least taxed countries in the world. And so the taxation issue, I think, is on the forefront of most people's minds in the country. And so they want to they want to protect what they make. They want to keep what they make. And one of the ways that you keep what you make is by paying as little tax as legally possible. And with the private banking strategies, you're able to keep your own economy and system where you're getting multiple touches on the same dollar and it is legally not taxed according to Internal Revenue Code 7702. And so this is a technique and a strategy that most politicians use, that bankers use, and they ultimately use the laws that are at their discretion and disposal to the their best benefit. And so we're highlighting that. 
And we want people to know that you can play in your own sandbox where you don't have to pay exorbitant taxes on money that you make, and you're able to keep more than than you normally would. Eric, share with us your thoughts on the Willie Sutton Law and how it might be affecting you. Well, here's the thing is that while you guys are talking, I just jumped over to the U.S. debt clock out of curiosity. I wanted to see where we were at. And it has a great breakdown. So any listener, you should go take a look. It's a little scary, but it says debt per taxpayer is $242,986 right now. And that's per taxpayer. Amazing. So that doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> so that falls right in with this Willie Sutton's law. And uh, Seth, what you were just talking about is if anybody listening to this can call you guys and say, no, I'm, I'm positive that uh, the taxes are going down in the future. I think your phones are going to be silent. Vance, you won't have to worry about any of those cell phones ringing because <laughs> nobody that I know thinks that taxes are going down. And so I, I am all about protecting myself, paying my fair share, of course, but only my fair share and as little as possible. I don't want 242,000. That's no, that's not, that's not happening. <laughs> Okay. Here's another quick example. And we may have mentioned this before, but in the debates before Donald Trump became president, he was debating Hillary Clinton and she kept sounding trumpet. He doesn't pay taxes. He doesn't pay any taxes. And he said, that's because I'm smart. I'm legally Mm -hmm. reporting and taking advantage of the laws that are set in place and I don't pay any taxes because I'm smart. And the guy was worth $10 billion. How do you, how are you worth $10 billion? You don't pay any taxes. It's because he's smart and he takes advantage of the laws that are on the books and that are available to all of us. And this is one of the great tools that most people just don't know about. And that is that your, your private banking through whole life insurance is after tax, it's not after, after tax deposits are no longer reported to the IRS. You can put money in and out and that accumulates and grows compounds year after year without any tax event. Okay. We're going to wrap up Willie Sutton law with a quote. There's many quotes, but let's just go with a real simple one. The state is that great fiction whereby everyone tries to live at the expense of everyone else. And that was Frederick Bastist who made that quote. Said like a true Texan. I think it's Batiste. Go. <laughs> I never was good at spelling anyway. Anyway, uh, so we need to know that the Willie Sutton Law is there. Ignorance is not going to help us. When it comes to people taking advantage of us, we're just going to be sitting ducks. So, yeah, our next step is going to be the golden rule, but let's kind of wait on that, Eric. Okay. Let's have that for the next podcast. And Seth, I do not want to disagree with the statement that you said a few minutes ago, but I'm going to disagree just a little bit. No offense to Donald Trump and all the Trump supporters, but you said he, he didn't have to pay all or the more taxes than he needed to because he was smart. I would challenge that and just say he surrounded himself with smart people. And that's what I'm hoping the listeners are going to do. So to surround yourself with smart people, you need to get a hold of them. Seth and Vance, how do you how do people get a hold of you guys? Privatebankingstrategies.com. That's privatebankingstrategies.com is where you start your journey. And there we've got a what we like to call a red pill book. And for stopping in and visiting us, we'll provide that book to you at no cost. And you can 
spot issues that banks don't want you to know and how you can increase your wealth in that process. And that's the first touch point. We've also got numerous podcasts on the website that are available to you. You can subscribe through your favored media form that podcasts come to you. And we're effectively on every podcast media mm-hmm. platform, I think, known to man, Eric. And you also got resources there on our website, blog articles, and we'll send you emails that provide value and help you see how you can make a change and how you can create private banking as a great asset in your tool All belt. All right. Gentlemen, again, thank you for your time today. I thought this was great. I feel a little bit beat up, but I also feel a little hopeful. So thanks for your time. But <laughs> thank thank you. you. You betcha. And our last thank you goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Private Banking Strategies podcast with Vance Lowe and Seth Hicks. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Vance and Seth come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Private Banking Strategies, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Did that story feel like it was about you? Do you feel you should be making more progress toward your financial goals? Do you feel stuck? Let us help you get unstuck. Are you ready to take action and get your own private bank? Please call Private Banking Strategies at 817-200-4777 or visit us at www.privatebankingstrategies.com. Thank you for listening to the Private Banking Strategies Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of private banking strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.